full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. and welcome back to another episode of Short Bus Cinema. Going to be another fun show where we love to watch the movies that you hate or slightly hate or movies that even we hate. Who who knows what that scenario is. But uh, episode 11 and with me as always is my good buddy Johnny Krug. What's up, brother? What it is, man. I'm, I'm ready to do this. Episode 11. It's going to be good stuff. You just sent a message while I go saying I'm ready to record some fried gold. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. The movie we're talking about today, definitely, uh, in my opinion, is some fried gold. <laughs> yeah. So, not only do we have an awesome movie to talk about, which, you know, could be good, could be bad. It kind of straddles the line there. But along with that, the guy that recommended it, we got Gary Hill going to be joining us here in a little bit. And it's going to be fun having him on the show. He's he's Legion family, so uh, it's always a blast to get together with him. So, looking forward to having him first guest on the bus. How about that, Johnny? It's awesome, man. It's cool. I'm, I'm stoked, man. <laughs> So yeah, man, we got a lot of lot of stuff coming up, uh, several shows coming out, and just want to remind you guys again about you know Facebook, all that stuff. If, if you're not joining in, you need to join the group because we just opened a new short bus cinema group on Facebook, and a lot of fun stuff going on there. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it, man. Like hearing a lot lot of new stuff that uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing movies that are just being like thrown at us that I've never even heard of, which is really cool. And the list is growing too, man. It's like every time we turn around, there's more I'm having to add to the list. So <laughs> I don't think we're going to have any problem of, of uh, running out of movies to cover on this show. So that makes it awesome because that's you guys getting involved. And if you are a podcaster and you listen and you want to, you know, submit something to this crazy thing, hey, you're more than welcome to join us and talk about it as well. That's, that makes it a lot of fun. Also, if you have recommendations and you're not on Facebook, you can visit uh, Short Bus Cinema One on gmail.com and just send us messages there as well so you know lots of ways to give us your crap <laughs> <laughs> for show for show all right we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back people episodes of brilliant film criticism. And like that, he's gone. Now, six months later, we're back. 
I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude. Foul language and obscure references? Count me in. Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best. We're the theme warriors! Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme Warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Horophilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network. That's the Theme Warriors. Don't want to sleep no more. Who are you people? And now for our feature presentation. We are back with our good friend Gary Hill from Cinema Beef Podcast talking about Death Spa from 1989. How's it going, Gary? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Awesome, man. Glad to have you, man. I, like I was saying earlier, you're, you're just your family. Every time I turn around, you're on somebody else's show and doing other shows. and So you're a very, very familiar face to anybody that listens to either this show or, or Helming, all that stuff. And uh, So yeah, man, it's kind of cool to actually get you to come on here and be on with us. Looking forward to that, man. Oh yeah, we're family like Sister Sledge. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I am as well. I got, a, I got hot sweat going down my face. My muscles are working over time. You know, that that's a toxic event. <laughs> But, you know, same feel, people, you know. <laughs> hey, Gary, I'm beta. You're VHS, dude. Oh, all day long, man. I think this is the exact opposite, you know, but it's mutual love, you know. <laughs> so, Gary, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your shows, man. Um, I don't know. Four, four years ago, I, I got bored and say, hey, people have podcasts. I could have one, too. So I, I chose the format to, to, to bitch about certain movies and Sometimes folks despise me for it, and then you change formats on the show, and now I'm joined by Jamie and X, and we <laughs> still talk shit about movies, but in a positive spin, you know. Yeah, yeah, I got to. Come like, like, I, I, I got to talk about Phantom of the Paradise, so that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I, I should go to like an intervention group. So he's like, "My name is Gary Hill, and I hate Black Christmas." <laughs> Hello, <Ooh>. Gary. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this, but they despise me sometimes, you know. <laughs> well, if you're talking about the remake, I'm with you. Oh, my God. I don't hate the remake. I, I mean, the remake is goofy, and it has a lot of unnecessary stuff, but I don't know. It, it's kind of, like, quirky fun. Yeah, meat cookie cutters. That's all I got to say. That was that was bad. Yeah, that was pretty bad. It, just, it looked like bologna when they pulled it out of the oven. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Hello, D. Wallace. Maybe the dog was right in Cujo. You ever think about that? That was an actual conversation between me, me and D. Wallace, you know. <laughs> Because she was cheating on her husband in that movie. Yeah, maybe it's like the dog was right, maybe, you know. <laughs> Good point. All right, go ahead, well, Johnny. Let's let's dive into this Joker. As I said before, we're talking about Death Spa from 1989. IMDb gives this a 5.1. I think that's uh, pretty fair for this movie because, I mean, honestly, I thought it would be much lower with it being not a big title that a lot of people know. Um, but this movie is written by Mitch Paradise and James Bartruff and directed by Michael Fisher. And as far as these guys go, I, I watched a documentary and a behind-the-scenes thing on this, and they mentioned a lot of things they worked on and stuff, but it, it seems like the script started getting worked on in like 1982, 83, and 
it took Mitch Paradise coming in to help, I guess, pick up the rest of the script and bring in like you know a lot of the, a lot of the uh, the fun like aerobics type stuff, a lot of the workout stuff. Because before it was kind of a, it was kind of a different movie almost. I wondered but, um, about that. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me now as far as rewatching it and going, you know, it's almost like there was something else and they just had to find another thing to add into it to make it work. Well, that was the thing because the movie didn't even start shooting until 86 and didn't get released till 89. So it was a, it was almost a decade to get this this thing made. Wow. Um, was it worth the wait? <laughs> was it worth the wait, people? <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> this movie stars William Bumiller, Brenda Backey, who I recognize right away from uh, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. She's the uh, hooker, <laughs> Cordelia. <laughs> it also stars Ken Furry, who uh, I wish he had a little bit of a bigger part in this movie, but he's pretty good. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, because that, that's one of those things that really stands out to me as well. And uh, Chelsea Field, if I, I don't know if you guys recognize her from Masters of the Universe movie. She yes. played Tila. And she looked really good in this and that. So, uh, but that's pretty much it as far as people involved in this movie. I mean, there's a lot more people, but um, those are the important ones. They're the ones that need to be mentioned. Right. The setup at the beginning is pretty odd. And, and Gary, don't hold back, man. You jump in anytime oh. you want to. But okay, fair enough. Yeah, but you know, this thing kicks off where you get this great outside developing shot where we're going into the <laughs> workout center, the gym, basically. And uh, you get this really bad flash of lightning, which is basically just a color flash that they do on the screen. It doesn't look anything <laughs> like lightning at all. It just... Telegraphed. Like, yeah, it just like turns purple and back to regular and it's... That that automatically made me go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll ruin your neon sign in all the wrong places. See? Right. <laughs> yes, it will. Which, when it took the letters out, it spelt Death's Ball eventually. So, there you go. I, I guess that's how they tied it all together. But it opens up with a great scene of some solid gold dancing going on. This girl's basically Basically in in this room dancing by herself. Oh 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 oh, dancing by herself. She's well, she's flash dancing and air humping everything. Absolutely, what which is what you do when you're alone? I do it all the time. You, you, you got to name it right. This is in the credits. You're the fabulous death spa dancers. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she's in the place that's already being shut down. Everybody's leaving, and she's just got the whole dance room to herself, and she's dancing to some really bad '80s music. And then out of nowhere, she gets tired and sits down and has a cold one, I guess. And uh, somebody grabs her shoulder. It's the great Ken Foray, and he's saying, "Hey, you know, it's time to go." So she's like, nah, "I'm not ready to go." So he decides to uh, let leave her by herself, and he's going to shut everything down and leave. And then we get the great sauna scene. Anybody want to elaborate? Yeah, it's pretty on great that one? for a few minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it gets a little bit okay. She's in there laying in the sauna, and yeah, things are getting a little hot, like literally hot. But she, uh, man, that hand of hers keeps traveling <laughs> south, man. And, and I, I knew what they were implying because it focuses on it pretty heavily with that close up. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is which is fine. Which is you know, I have no problem with that. Eighties <laughs> horror film, you know, don't start touching yourself. You get burnt by chlorine. It happens. <laughs> That's uh, that's what I was actually going to ask you guys. She gets burned by the amount of like uh, stuff, the whatever's pumping into the room, which I assume was just normal steam, but I didn't realize it was chlorinated. Yeah, who knows? Uh, again, is that realistic? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not a sauna connoisseur. connoisseur. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I don't lay there and you know let sulfuric acid or whatever you know pump in and blind me or anything like that. So. 
Yeah. So she starts panicking, goes up and starts beating on the glass. Glass bust open. And this one still boggles my mind. Maybe Gary can hear it for me. But, you know, she gets burns all over her body, but it pretty much burns her eyes, too. Um, well, it goes back to your lot of Richie theory, you know, she's... The, the, the blind the blind lovemaking must be amazing because <laughs> the, the, the whole time she's uh, w- with her her man friend Michael it just seems like she's really into this being blind thing and they're gonna have sex eventually she'd be into it more and uh <laughs> yeah but no 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 because they, they, they bring it up at the, at the doctor's office for where she's got supposed these terrible terrible burns <laughs> but yet she comes out and she's like oh I'm so refreshed but my eyes are really fucked up I'm sorry messed up but she but she also implies later in the movie which is funny to me I thought she was blind too but they, she, she implies that she's gonna have to eventually take the bandages off her eyes yes. <laughs> later on she makes something some comment about when he's like basically having asparagus sex with her she <laughs> makes uh, comments yeah, she's like I wish I never had to take these blindfolds off or maybe I should never take these off exactly I was the same way I was like what nobody says that <laughs> Oh, yeah. there's, there's a fetish for everything, boys, and this could be hers. <laughs> I, I love the fact of it goes, you know, to the scene after she, you know, slow mo passes out in the, in the steam, you know. Then it cuts away to the owner, and he's having a dream, which can only be described as a Ronnie James Dio video flashback. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he snaps up and answers the phone or whatever, runs to the hospital, and that's where he sees the girl there wrapped up like the dude in Samurai Cop, and. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's got burns on her body, but it's not as bad as. Plus, do you like these see-through galls? <laughs> I know, right? Like that, you could totally see her bare body underneath the guys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about our decency, guys. We're just, you know, you know, give you something to look at, I guess. Looks like three people in the room too. So that leads to uh, going back to the the awesome club. And that's kind of where you get the investigators coming in, right? And these guys, yeah. well, guy and lady, are such a m- mismatch to me. Uh, <laughs> well, he uh, keeps dropping quips and, like, funny lines, and she's, like, dead serious. Right, right. And maybe that's just the way it was set up, but I don't know. It, it just doesn't work because the dad looks like, or the the main officer looks like the dad on uh, Give Me a Break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then you got, uh, you know, everything is automated in this in this gym. So that's another weird 80s thing of, I, I guess, maybe you're looking at a maximum overdrive kind of idea where the machines take over kind of idea. So they go and meet the, the mastermind that's the computer nerd that runs all this stuff, who happens to be uh, the, the owner's brother-in-law. And uh, super nerd... Well, nothing happens here without the computers knowing about it and all this kind of stuff. She get all that kind of lingo going on, trying to be all serious. And then, so you've gone from somebody piping in some kind of chemical into the steam room to now a girl on a diving board, and the board is loose. Yeah, that, that's a that kind of nixes their automated idea. You know, oh, right, exactly. It's like yeah. yes, yeah, because that she not- also right before that. Did you notice that she asked Ken Foray if he fixed the diving board? Right, right. So, man, we're missing And he something. never came up later. Yeah, Ken Foray must be the one that's really behind all of this, because... <laughs> but anyway, we never looked at that. Well, you know, he knows all about, you know, rainbow-colored jackets. So he's the mayor of Munchkinland or something, but, you know, he, he uh, doesn't know about a socket wrench to, to tighten that board. Right. <laughs> I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you, you kind of go out of that scene where we've had another accident, 
that happens while the investigators are there. Then you jump away to, you know, the owner again having another dream, which turns into, I don't know, the best way to describe it is like a, it's the Midnight Oil song, you know. How can we sleep when the oh, wheelchair's God. burning? Oh, that's great. <laughs> I, I'd say, you know, between Franklin and Texas Chainsaw and that, that, that guy in Friday too. This has to be the most hilarious wheelchair death ever. <laughs> it's pretty funny, man. <laughs> I will say this, though. Th- this is the most attractive wheelchair person in those movies. <laughs> yes. Hands down. Well, Franklin's a close runner-up, but pretty close. Yes. <laughs> Sally? <laughs> we having more fun? I just don't think I can take it. <laughs> All right, so jumping out oh, of that, man. man, so you get this great wheelchair death thing going on in the background which which we will continue to get bites of throughout this entire movie just to keep explaining what's happening keep us in suspense not really but anyways you get it's, it's like it's like if a super villain tried to light themselves on fire because she's like maniacally laughing and you know like dousing yourself in gasoline yeah yeah it's pretty <laughs> lame <laughs> and then from there what do we get like we have in all these movies. I'm starting to think we need to change the name of this show, Johnny, to The Shower Bus or The Shower Show. Because every, every, every one of these shows we cover pretty much has a gratuitous shower scene in it. It's becoming a theme, folks. <laughs> like you need, yes, in every movie, just about. Yeah. Well, it's, supposedly these women were all, uh, I guess they were all picked up by the director from uh, local adult film casting. And. <laughs> The, the one of the producers for the movie, I guess she kept getting phone calls saying that the director was taking way too long to shoot these scenes specifically. Like he was <laughs> doing multiple takes to get different angles and they said he was having way too much fun with it to where she had to like intervene and come on the set and like, no, we need to wrap this up now. <laughs> well, 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 me and Johnny both know that one of the best gratuitous bathtub scenes ever is in Nightmare Sisters, you know, because that just continues forever and I have no problem with that, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, it's a selling point. Let's just say, and, oh. and, this, and this one doesn't. This one doesn't fail. I mean, this one is all right. Well, until until somebody. Uh, and, well, it, I mean, and the, it implies that the coast or the, the tiles are falling off the wall and like hitting them in the face and stuff. But <laughs> it looks like it looks like extras and, and like grips on the set are throwing coasters at them. Yeah, really. Then <laughs> just flinging them, hitting them in the face or whatever. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that the tiles would be start popping off because they had these hidden jets behind them or the water's going to shoot these towels off or something. It's just, I don't know. Again. I have no explanation for that now. Yeah, it's pretty lame. But, uh, it, it, you guys missed something that happens right before that, like in, in the scene before. It's it's I, I only reason I wrote it down was because it was such a weird moment in this movie. You have uh, you have the office football scene where Ken Foray and uh, oh. Michael are ha- having a serious conversation, and they just start tossing the football back and forth. Right. And Ken Foray goes long, and then within maybe within a minute, they're in the pool together, splashing each other. Yes. I was like, what is going on here? Is this like a yeah. buddy comedy all of a sudden? That, that is a real dude bro moment right there. Right. That's probably why I didn't. <laughs> Apparently, they had a lot of fun on set. <laughs> Uh, well, you get this whole gym with a pool and everything. Why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's you know, yeah. See those guys in their in their skimpies out there, you know, swimming with each other. Yeah, pass. <laughs> Literally, splash <laughs> fight. 
Well, you, well, you know, you get folks getting murdered or like attacked in your club. You might you must go for a swim with you. You're your best bro. That's right. Or, well, you're uh, gonna bring some. You're gonna bring a seven foot tall black man with you for sure. Right. Yes, for for protection. Well, you know why? Yeah. Because you find out that the crazy brother-in-law is absolutely crazy. I mean, you know, at this point, you're finding out that he had a twin, which is who our our character, our lead of this of this movie. He married her, and she was the one that, you know, did the midnight oil. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you're finding out now that they were twins, and uh, so you kind of get that backstory going. And you're like, okay, wow. Well, and they, they they imply earlier too that I mean he ha- pretty much has the strongest motive to be sabotaging the equipment right. anyway. Sure. But, but then you get the weird lawyer story that goes into this, too, which well, I'm sure we'll get to that later on. So, you know, they're trying their best to throw all these red herrings at you, and you're just going, yeah, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but, dude, he's got paperwork to prove it. That's right. Yes. <laughs> We've got to get that paperwork. <laughs> Never mind everything caught on camera or anything like that. we got to get that paperwork. Out of that, you get the great scene. Of the the big muscled up dude that comes up and and gets on the butterfly press, right? Oh, so he, lovely! He takes his card, swipes the card into the computer. I guess because it's all set up for certain individuals, you know. It's high tech. That's the whole point of this thing. This whole sauna, the whole spa, gym, the whole thing is all computerized and and specialized specifically for you individually. So it remembers your settings, all that kind of good stuff. Very very high tech, especially for the eighties, because we didn't have anything like that. And uh, so he gets on the butterfly press, and he starts doing his reps, you know, and it keeps increasing the strength of it. It's 110 pounds, 120, 130, 140, 230, and it starts pulling his arms back, and you see, like, his rib cage snap or whatever, and it's like, dude, all you had to do is lower your arms. <laughs> That's all you had to do. That's all you had to do, because you had to get in the machine, right? It's set up to where it's, you know, close, but that's as far as it goes. It doesn't go any further than that. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what I get. Like all, all these machines, mostly, especially that one, is like firmly against the wall. He, he wouldn't have re- re- enough, you know, re- resistance, resistance, resistance. He wouldn't have enough resistance to literally tear his muscles off of his chest cavity. Right. You know, which which happens in the scene. <laughs> yeah. It was cool though, man. The effect was really cool. It was dope. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. It, it works. But when you think about it and you know the, these machines, you're like, yeah, all you had to do is just lower your arms, dude. That's all you had to do. <laughs> Uh, again, you know, then you, you get the whole scenario here because it seems these accidents just keep kind of happening and happening. And, you know, they're having the big argument of, hey, let's just make everything manual. That way you won't have to worry about this stuff. Nope, can't do that because the selling point is because everything is automated. So, you know, you get that argument, which, like I just said, there's ways around this stuff. My thing is, and I'm just basing it off the name of the title, Death Spa, but we haven't had any deaths yet. You know, <laughs> yeah, just just Actually, major I, injuries. I am pretty sure that guy died. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So going back to the house, but now we got uh, uh what I call her, Blindy. Blindy. <laughs> yes. Oh, I called him something too. And, uh, oh, this is where Gino Vanelli takes Blindy home. And uh, 
he takes her home, and this is leading up to what Johnny was saying ago about the asparagus sex. But uh, they walk in the house, and it's like Esteban is playing in the corner or something over there. <laughs> she doesn't know the difference. Yeah. And it's like, what the heck's going on here, man? So, yeah, you get the scene where they're sitting and eating, and yeah, you, you there's no other words to describe it, folks. You have to see this part. It's asparagus sex. Uh, there you yes. go. He pretty much puts the asparagus on her lips like it's lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's hard. It's hard to drive a piece of limpy asparagus, man. (laughs) He's 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 dragging it all over her face, (laughs) dude. dude. And you know, I mean, I I understand it's supposed to be like a like an aphrodisiac, but you could probably pick a sexier piece of food. It's like, oh, your urine smells so weird. Oh, you know. That's next to that conversation, I'm sure. <laughs> so then after that, you get to, we get the scene where Radon Chong is in the in the locker and decides to. Uh, Radon Chong. <laughs> she's in the, in the locker and she's hearing some noises. And uh, Gary, can you explain the scene to me because I don't understand it at all? Oh <laughs> God, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly yeah, well, what you're talking about. Well, yeah. she, she just walks in and she hears some noise, and the locker flies open, and something flies through her neck. I guess it's her neck. Yeah, she gets impaled, oh. but I'm not sure what happened. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure either. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about now, though. But and and again, it's, it's that whole idea of well, which is it? Is it computerized stuff doing it? Is it a ghost doing it? What's going on here? You know. And that's that's one of the problems I had with this movie is just inconsistency of how these things happen. Yeah, we need some cool kills, but let's not think about why they're happening. In in continuity of our story, and I I, I I I'm doing air quotes right now with really loose story there, you know. Yeah, yeah. It just you needed another person to get knocked off because the the clock is ticking. So, yes. so anyway, she gets knocked off, and then that's when Gino Vanelli decides to take Flashdance back to the club to get her belongings. <laughs> Because she's going to leave, start living with him. And uh, th- that conversation happens after the asparagus, <laughs> which is, you know, perfect placing. But uh, but he takes her in there. She's got bandages over her eyes. She can't see. And he takes her in this locker room where it's dark and just leaves her. <laughs> yeah. She's just feeling her way around. Yeah. It's like, uh, hey, you stay right here. I'll be right back. Don't take her out in a hallway or something where there's some light or anything. I mean, I know she can't see, but still. In a locker room? <laughs> you know, most, most black people gain, gain psychic abilities anyway, so maybe she, like, felt the aura of the room or something, you know? <laughs> you, know then, you know, like, Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction with the the rabbit, it's kind of the, the same way where, where she gets uh, she gets Radon Chong stuffed in her locker. <laughs> but yeah, man, they, they, they take her in there, and then all of a sudden, here comes this figure. So you're like, okay, what's going on here? And it kind of looks like maybe the witch off a of pumpkin head or something. You know, big, long, stringy hair, messed up face, and it's walking up to her. And, and then... Menacingly, like, very menacingly. Right, right. And, I mean, it looks like it could be a, a thing off of Scooby-Doo or something. I don't know. I was going to say Scooby-Doo, <laughs> yes. Because, you know, then, then like I said, Gino Vanelli walks back in and... and Grabs it and it's it's Darla. It's the woman that works there with her costume on. Hey, you like my costume? I'm like, really? <laughs> that that's the placement of this in the story. That is fantastic. I don't, I don't even know if you needed the mask to scare the blind chick. No, all you gotta do is go boo. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be peeing asparagus pee everywhere. 
<laughs> so it's just it's a it's a weird placement for this man. You didn't have to do anything to scare that lady. You just just you know knock something over. That's all you got to do. <laughs> just throw a throw a rock or something, man. Just do something. Right, right. I'm gonna get you. I mean, you could say anything, you know. <laughs> Hey, I, I can see, you know, like, oh, I thought you were, I thought you were, you were, uh, what did you call our, our main guy in the movie? Uh, Gino Ricky? Vanelli. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were that guy. He's like, no, this is a woman's form, clearly. You're, you're clearly walking behind her like a Scooby-Doo villain, you know. Yeah. I mean, Gino Vanelli, Parker Stevenson, he's one of those guys. <laughs> yes. But she could have walked up and just yelled. She could have just yelled, we're awful boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. She, about she did it have the burns and stuff. You know, think of the again. Just think of the logic here, because I guess it's, it's totally because of the the participation of the audience watching this thing, seeing a creepy creature. I guess because if you're going to walk in in a scary outfit and not make a sound, you're not going to scare somebody that's blind. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so I guess you're depending on the crowd. Oh no, look at that thing! You know that's supposed to be the response, I guess. But do you like my costume? Yeah, that's that's great. So, folks, what do you get at this point? Guess what it is? More wheelchair flashbacks. That's right, folks. Where she actually is pouring the gasoline on herself, laughing out of her mind. How many times can we keep seeing this? And then we do a flash straight from that where Parker Stevenson visits Coffin Joe, and he's got this cheap little uh, lightsaber (laughs) that he's doing over this stuff. Um, And you get a really bad Walmart model crane shot here, or or track shot, because they're trying to move the camera around the desk when they're talking and it's real jerky <laughs> you go back and watch that and you're like wow uh, you know no sense in, oh no man we got it. it it looks good so you can tell they were trying to do something snazzy with the, with the, the camera work here some clue, some cool cinematography and, and uh, yeah it's not that great it's pretty bad uh, one, of, one of my favorite things is when he was doing the whole psychic thing like oh g- give me a piece of you know personal whatever she, he had the, her little brooch or whatever right he's like Yes, I can see she died. Yada, yada, yada. He's doing the whole schmeal. It's like, yeah, she died a year ago. It was in the papers. I was like, is your fucking wife world famous or something? Yeah, because he could have been doing some real psychic shit there. You're just just being an asshole. Right, right. That's very possible because, you know, again, it was in the paper, but who's going to go on and on about a crazy wheelchair lady setting herself on fire? I mean... Well, they said it was front page news. (laughs) I mean, that must be a slow news day in that town. Must be. I, I imagine a dude getting his arms ripped off in the, the butterfly machine would probably be there the next week, so. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's a cover-up. He, he gets three months free membership to that club after that, see? <laughs> yes. Come on back. That's their, that's their answer to everything. <laughs> Come into my office. I'll take care of it. Absolutely. <laughs> and coming out of that, we get the weird brother and sister bonding scene. I was mm. so confused about that. <laughs> wow. It's I mean, a, you, you don't it's, see it's anything. You just hear it. Me being well, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, weird moaning with, you know, it, I, it's, it's really strange. It really is, man. Uh, could well, Almost like she was giving him a good old, uh, old-fashioned gibber, and he was getting really excited about, yes, I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. Just keep that going, yes. Yeah, don't, don't worry that you're my brother or nothing like that. Ew! Yeah, she's a she's a ghost, so I'm not sure if it counts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's it's not quite necrophilia. She's she's not there in the physical form, so I'm not sure where, where the 
where the the outlying thing is here, and Which I, this, I don't know. This does bring up a very interesting point, though, because if she can physically do these things as a ghost, then maybe she can loosen the nuts on a on a diving board. Well, a ghost dad can do it. I imagine <laughs> she could do it too. You know, <laughs> ghost dad. <laughs> So yeah, the bonding scene, folks. It's uh, they could have just left that out. Really, uh, didn't need that. That's, that's the real well, nightmarish a- thing in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had a couple scenes that kind of uh, where where you, you would hear conversations with him and his sister alone, and it eventually showed him sitting there, uh, you know, putting on the the. Was it lotion and makeup and stuff? <laughs> Something yeah. making himself look pretty, I guess. You know. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, you know, solving up his calves or something. It was really weird. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, then you get this weird. And, he, and well, it, it ties right into that next scene where, you know, you get the two girls that are interesting coming coming into dude's office and you know talking about something because they were the ones that were in the shower and got hurt or whatever, and he's going to work out a deal with them. And one of them's crazy about the guy, you know. And you get the random person walking by handing one of the girls a letter that says, meet me in the basement. And it's, you know, signed by Parker <laughs> Stevenson. Explanation? Anybody? Uh, <laughs> I, think if, I think if it was signed a friend, she would have went down there anyway, okay? <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> An explanation of, of what's, what actually happens in the, in the basement? Just the fact of her getting this letter from... Apparently, she's the only one that can hear them, but everybody's standing there, and it's just like, yeah, it's this another scene that just was not thought out very well because it's a woman's voice, which may tie into dude, you know, you know, putting lotion on and stuff. Maybe he was dressing up to play this part. Who knows? Oh, but, definitely. Because <laughs> you, well, know, you know, if you, if you listen to the cops talk, he said he he may be in drag, and also he's psychotic. So th- there you go. That's perfect description. Yeah. You, know. you, you know what's really funny about the scene too? She gets the note, and she, uh, uh, Hillary Banks from Fresh Prince is the other girl. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Looks looks stunning in this. She looks stunning in everything. Um, but she, they were both supposed to be Michael in his office, and. Hillary is supposed to still go meet Michael, and the other girl says, "Oh, you go meet up with him, and I'll catch you later." When she's going to meet Michael in the basement, I'm like, "What? What are you going to find out? He's not at one of these locations." <laughs> uh, I would be more suspicious of the note. And the girl goes down in the basement, and you know, I like the scene, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. But you know, uh, she goes down there, and there's these these rollers that go down, like a shipping set of rollers that go down this steep incline down by a flight of stairs. She comes down through there, and this box come flying down through there, flipping or whatever. And she acts like whoopie doo doo, not gonna hurt me or whatever. And uh, she gets down there, and then what do you need in a basement? Acid rain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, the sprinkler system comes on, and it turns into a Fulci movie there for a little bit. I mean, you got melting faces, and she doesn't make a, much of an attempt to get out of it. That's the problem. She just I starts have. crawling in it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, you know, uh, go to another room, something like that. Might be a good idea. Well, you know what's funny though? It's kind of it's kind of a flaw in this movie. But uh, when the when the sprinklers first go off, like I, I, the water barely has time to even hit her skin, and she yells, "What is this?" But nothing has started happening to her yet. She's not burning or anything. And then all of a sudden, it's like a few minutes later when she starts uh, getting all the wells and the gross stuff. Yeah. But it's like she she said the line almost as soon as the water just came on. <laughs> oh, 
one's hurting me. Oh. And yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's a it reminds me of you know the scene in in uh, the Beyond where the girl's laying on the ground and the acid's poured on her face and it's melting away. I mean, it, it's reminiscent of that, except she's conscious. <laughs> But yeah, no attempt to get out of there, none whatsoever. So right out of that, you got the the brother-in-law, Max Headroom, shows up at uh, <laughs> Parker Stevens' house. He's in there supposedly to work on his computer or whatever, but he's really there just to mess with Blindy a little bit and make her uncomfortable. And then out of nowhere, a supermodel shows up with the groceries. Yeah, and this character hasn't even been in the movie to this point, has she? I don't know, but I just wanted to follow her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she says she showed up with groceries, but it looked like there were roses hanging out of the bag too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm like you gonna eat some? You can eat some <laughs> roses. I have to hand it to you, Johnny, for checking out what's in the bag because I wasn't looking at the bag at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "Wow, all right." Where's she going? Why does she got to leave? Well, the reason I noticed the flowers is because when she comes up and knocks on the door, and before he opens the door. You see, I, I thought originally she was going to be someone that was delivering like condolences, flowers, or something. But then she's like, oh, "Here are your groceries." I'm like, "What the hell? <laughs> groceries? I got you some crab legs, a bag of ice, and uh, here's some flowers." <laughs> and the other part of this is all this setup is for nothing. He ends up leaving, and then you know, like I said, dude comes back to his house later on, and she's laying on the couch, and you think, "Oh no, something's wrong with her." And he goes, "Hey," she raises up, and you're like. So what was what was the point of having that even in the script? Because there's no payoff whatsoever. I don't know. None. None. Something, something, to, something to fill out 90 minutes, I guess. Because you know, True. it's about as point. It's about as pointless as her clear sunglasses. <laughs> to, to where anybody who's ever had anybody who's ever had eyes or laser surgery, any kind of surgery on your eyes, you get those blue blocker sunglasses. So you can protect your eyes. She's wearing straight up clear frames. You know. <laughs> Uh, it's the 80s, dude. <laughs> you gotta look stylish. <laughs> they are not functional, is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, if they made this movie as early as what he was saying, then you know maybe they didn't have the blue blockers back then. They, she just had to wear whatever they could find, some horn rims or whatever. Then we cut away to the lawyer, which, you know, it's like you got MacGyver in here turning the air conditioning system off, which, you know... I guess he's trying to sabotage this big party for some reason. They're going to have a big party at the death spa. Maybe. For, for Mardi Gras, which is random. Again, I, I, I never really get an explanation of why. <laughs> Mardi Gras, that's your reasoning for having a party at a spa? Hey, apparently apparently the lawyer said that uh, last year uh, the, the Mardi Gras numbers doubled or, or they increased business. So, Okay. Maybe so then. I'm that's why that's. <laughs> well, he he wasn't wanting to shut them because remember the day before Michael was wanting to shut the machines down. He goes, "No, we can shut them down after the Mardi Gras thing, but you know this this uh, increases our membership or something like that." So they just took a page out of the Jaws handbook of no, it's Fourth of July. You got You got to have everything open for that. You got to have everything operating because that's the only way bad things are going to happen. Pretty much. <laughs> oh man, I never thought we'd be comparing this to Jaws. <laughs> That was a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> your, your answer to the Mardi Gras party is he's a crawfish enthusiast. That, that's why it's a Mardi Gras party. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm I'm just not, like saying, you know. I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't seem like you needed many beads at that club anyway. It seems like everybody was just getting naked. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Right. Again, why a party? They just, just open it up and let them do what they want to anyways. I mean, it could be that way every week. <laughs> you want to make some money? There you go. There's an idea. 
So you got, uh, like I said earlier, Leto, which is the the doctor that, uh, or the the they call him, they call him a they call him a parapsychologist. But yeah, so he's gonna end up spending the night in the gym just to see what happens, see if anything crazy's going on. This guy, man, you knew he was expendable from the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. This this actor is Joseph Whip, and I know him from two other horror movies where he doesn't die, which is pretty cool. He he actually was one of the main cops in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. And then he was he was the sheriff in Scream. He got typecasted there as like a you know author, authoritative uh, figures or whatever. Mm. This movie though they they get they gave him the long hair and the beard and stuff. So they, and they made him act a little goofier than those movies. Like he wasn't as he wasn't as like taking control. So you knew he was dead from scene one. But <laughs> and, and he and he's snooping around too, so you know he's done for. Right, exactly. And that's the thing is he, he goes downstairs and what does he find? He finds Melted Girl and she's still alive. <laughs> I know. She's like writhing around. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, her heart's exposed. All her internal organs are just hanging out. And she's going, oh, oh. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's, <laughs> that's not how this works. And at this point, you find out that ghosts are super strong, man, because she just picks him up. You know, she, she confronts him as a ghost wearing the brooch and all in a nightgown that she burned herself up in and uh, <laughs> and grabs him by the throat and slings him to the roof and he busts out some glass of the roof and comes crashing back down oh but that was that's pretty amazing though for um he busts out that luger he has exactly at her. yeah <laughs> the, the, the hand explodes <laughs> it is it is pretty awesome looking yeah, it's pretty great looking. The actual explosion is, but what follows is the blood spray that, <laughs> that goes on forever. Oh, it's like a kung fu movie, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty ridiculous. But, you know, I agree, man. When it actually explodes, you're like, all right, I can handle that. I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to give you a hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he comes crashing back down. And uh, he comes down at set of rollers, and uh, I've got wrote down here that's a moray because <laughs> his name was Moray Lido. <laughs> that's a moray. Nice. <laughs> that was a strange name, by the way. Like I, I was thinking that every time they talked to him, or like whenever he was trying to call him after that, it's it's just the, the whole name is Lido Moray. Yeah, really. <laughs> He's part my so-called life and and part uh, eel. <laughs> well, I come here, Lido. <laughs> and at this point this is where you kind of get the, the whole lawyer and Priscilla sabotage thing where they're setting up and trying to take over everything oh yeah and uh yeah I've gotten in my notes here it says Wonder Twin powers activate <laughs> oh indeed it, is this the is this the part where they actually are starting starting the party? Well, this is yeah they're starting the party, but then they're start. This is when they're they break into his house. He he goes and gets the cops to go to his house, go to the to uh, the brother in law's house, and he's standing there with the cops and he goes, "I'm going to break in." <laughs> okay, so they turn their you, backs on. You them. know we're cops, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, they go into the brother in law's house and break in, and and what do they find? Again, a, a, a burned up wheelchair with a flashback. <laughs> and then you get the APB for a psycho that might be in drag, which Gary said earlier, which is hilarious. That's the way he says it. Oh, yeah. Psycho might be in drag. And that's where <laughs> that's where Gino calls the club and talks to Kato Kalen, who answers the phone. He's getting ready, everything ready for the I party. Thought that was, I really thought that was him. It, it looks like him, for sure. And warns him to be on the lookout for, you know, crazy dude. You know? <laughs> 
Well, you, you know that Kato Kalin guy, the, the one that was blowing up the balloons that got the phone call? He's actually a, a pretty big uh, writer in Hollywood now. He actually wrote The Conjuring 1 and 2. Wow. I know. I was impressed. I'm like, that's kind of hardcore. Yeah. I mean, I was reading through his filmography, and he's done some bad movies, too, but he's done some really good ones. But he didn't last very long. You know, this is where the party ensues, and then Kato's in the computer room checking out other people in rooms. He's, like, snooping around, and Ghost Chick pops up, kills him. Just what, does she do to, what does she do to his face? I miss that. It's almost like uh, what they did in The Thing, I guess. <laughs> he grabs his face and just kind of morphs into it or whatever. I don't know. It was very <laughs> odd. But uh, apparently she just wanted his outfit. That scene, like, she's real seductive and kind of cute and stuff, and then uh, then she kills him right away. I'm like, man, that didn't go very far. I was, really? She's yeah. one of the she's one of the chicks where I was like, man, I hope she gets naked. <laughs> I'm, you know, I was with you. I was with you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she <laughs> goes and kidnaps Blindy uh, just to remove her sunglasses with a pirate knife. I haven't figured that out yet. She drags her in there and lays her on the table, and she's got the knife. She's going over her body, and she just snaps off the sunglasses with the knife. And decides that she's going to tan her to death. (laughs) Got to stay with the whole theme of the death spa, folks. We got to use the tanning bed. So, uh, yeah. You know how how long that would take? You know, but I guess she put it on super hot heat or something. But, uh... I don't know. Again. Well, she 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 had it on threatening heat because, of course, she she had to make she had to make mention that you know she could fry her. I forget I forget what the the the, the wording. She, something like fry her like bacon or something with the hit flick of oh, the switch or something. She, she says fry her like chicken. Like chicken, yeah. <laughs> so the flick of the switch. I, I got I got a I got a really good line later from that. <laughs> oh man! Uh, it just again it, it, this whole unbalance of. The abilities of the ghost. Ghost in the machine is one thing. You're, what is she? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I think it's just the fact of what all can this thing do, man? I mean, it kind of breaks all the logic of any other ghost story I've ever heard of. <laughs> That's one of the things they talked about in the documentary was they're like, we want this to be like a haunted house movie, but more modernized. And I'm like, well, you succeeded and failed. (laughs) You're half and half on this. Well, you didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) When you got that going on, you got the lawyer in there trying to steal the paperwork that's so important that's going to, you know, expose all of this, I guess. He ends up smacking Priscilla in the face knocking her out in the process so he's kind of using her to get in there i guess but dude you're a lawyer do you have to be this mischievous to do something like this i'm pretty sure that uh you could do other things to shut this thing down and reclaim it yourself besides he's sneaking in the middle of a party and stealing some paperwork he cracks her so hard in the face with that trophy oh yeah yeah but she's all right (laughs) but she's all right she's a little disoriented when the cop finds her (laughs) Uh, what happened so so dude comes in there gino vanelli comes in there and tries to shut the computer system down to stop all this stuff and he shuts it all down it boots right back up because you know wonder wonder chicks on you know controlling it all that's where he finds kato kato sitting over there and he looks like we're the marsupials off with that howling movie Howling <laughs> three, your Howling sister's a marsupial. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and then this is the, this is the the weird. You're getting into the story here of why this is all happening. Because she set herself on fire because she had a kid. They had a baby together. She didn't want to have the kid. It paralyzed her. And now she's upset and deranged and wants to kill herself. But the whole point of this is she's wanting her husband to kill himself so they can be together. And she never comes forward and says that until she's killed half a dozen people. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, why do you want him to kill himself when you could just kill him? So they could be together forever. Well, but still, if he dies, it, either way, right? I mean, I just I don't understand why it's important for him to kill himself. Is that some kind of suicide pact thing that has to happen for everything to work out right? I don't know. Weird. It's it's <laughs> it's it's a known unknown, there, Ricky. Yeah, there's a lot of unknown in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You know what we get, though? Because that was such a hit the first time around, let's have Sauna Scene Part 2. Yes. <laughs> Which, oh, man, this is a good one, though. I appreciate this one a little bit more. I mean, has less of the attractive nudity in it, but it, or, or I guess there's a little bit in this I scene. Don't know. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. But it, it is it is just driven to a halt <laughs> like almost immediately because they, they're about to start mugging down, and he gets a plank through his face. Oh, yeah. oh God. Yep. yep. That was brutal, too. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, you've got these things going on. It's it's a weird combination of stuff, man. Because you've got this, and you're about to, to get into this part. But this movie is taking elements from so many other movies. But you know, the, the fact that she's doing this carry kind of thing, where she's controlling everything and making things happen, and so she's got that kind of telekinesis thing going on. But she's also a ghost, but can also control electricity and electronics. I mean. They're just building a super villain here. <laughs> That's all they're doing. Uh, Leading up to my favorite death in the whole film, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. Which one's that? It, it, it involves the, the, the cop in, in the freezer with the fish. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. amazing, you know. Yeah, the cop shows up and he's just having a blast, man. The the other lady cop, she's she's kind of having, you know, she's serious about it, but he's just having a blast, man. He's hitting on chicks, getting him some drinks. Yeah, you get the chick that, uh, you get some foreshadowing early on. There's a girl playing the trick on somebody with a blender and sticking her hand down in it. It's tomatoes or whatever and comes out, you know, hands bleeding. Well, the blender attacks her this time and just, okay, and this is another thing. It's a blender, okay? Not very big. Could do some serious damage to a hand. I don't know that it would kill you. It worked the year next, you know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. But just the fact of her sticking her hand in there and it, and it going up maybe halfway up her fingers and she's dead. Maybe it was electric. I, I say watching. <laughs> well, it wasn't plugged in. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but I loved watching that cop struggle with trying to pull that off her arm. Right. It was, I mean, she did lose a lot of blood, mostly because of him yanking on it. Right, right. If she just left it alone, she probably would have lived. But yeah, the, then you get the... Yeah, the, the cop jumps into the freezer for some reason. And, yeah, you get the uh, the, the the frozen talking fish. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah, they don't really talk, but they're opening their mouths going, bah, 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 and one of them just flies off the shelf and attacks the cop and rips his throat out. Well, before that, though, you, you, you get exploding uh, diet and workout pills. You get exploding Pepsi. <laughs> Stuff just going everywhere. Yeah, man, it makes no sense whatsoever. 
That is some spooky sushi, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the dude gets attacked by a fish. And here you're just getting running amok going on throughout the, the whole gym. Uh, you know, you get Priscilla blowing up. And you get uh, the longest electrocution scene ever. When dude's trying to shut the system down for good. You know, he pulls, oh, yeah, Michael. <laughs> he pulls all the wires out. And it goes on. And on and on and on. I'm pretty sure that in this kind of situation, if you did that, it'd be pretty instant. <laughs> I don't think you'd just be sitting there going. <laughs> but it goes on. It goes on longer than the screen that was in Fantastic Four when 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 uh, Victor's getting fried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you find out at that point there's a, there's a link for, from the 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 system of the health club to to his his dead ghost wife because yeah <laughs> right as that as that's frying she's frying and you know it's a it's a good frying time <laughs> it's a frying time it's frying time again yes indeed what, what's funny though is here you go again because you got how, how do you kill a ghost of a lady that set herself on fire burn her up again. <laughs> <laughs> so she's burned up. Time. She's burned up again. But uh, and we pass something very, very important, man. Because there's a whole scene where it's intercut pieces of her and her brother rolling on the floor, and it changes back and forth. It's kind of like altered states, but like a weekend at Bernie's version of altered states. <laughs> Oh, because you, you get to get the shadow over the face. Is, is it the brother or the sister kind of thing? Like, yeah. Yeah. And you're wondering, is is, is he seeing this? Like, I don't know what's going on. Is uh, yeah. she making herself visible to him now? So here you go. You got, you're ripping off Psycho. You're ripping off Carrie. You're, you're ripping off any ghost movie, basically. It's just a weird combination of stuff. But yeah, she's burned up. And uh, yeah. Just burn her up again, and is is that before that? That wasn't that when all, she was pretty much killing everybody in the club. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what like, I mean. She went in full carry on them, man. It was just oh yeah. It looked like a great white concert in there, man. Fire everywhere. Oh, 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 oh. oh man. <laughs> uh, and again, we we forgot something very important. Ken Foray. Or not that important. That's the, that's the bad thing about it. You got Ken Foray in this movie, folks, who does nothing but swim in his tidies and and gets thrown through a, a glass door. That's about Dude. the extent of it. <laughs> it, it. It is it is criminal how underused he is. It's like Roadhouse where they used um, Keith David for like three seconds. Yeah. It's like, it's like you have somebody who's a really good actor and has a, a screen <clears throat> presence. Yeah, we don't really need him. Yeah. <laughs> uh. They're such good friends, though, and they're bond with everything, of course. And I would love to see them throw the football in that fire. Yes. Now, <laughs> I, I do want to say this, though, because we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of the movie. We, we know everything of, of why it's happened. They wanted him to commit suicide. She killed herself because of the past. She's taken over her brother's body to do the physical stuff, and then she's a ghost that can do the other stuff, I guess. I'm just throwing that out there. But we're getting to the point now where she's been burned up. And they all walk up to her body, and you know she's burnt to a crisp, man. It's like like a burnt marshmallow, really. And they they bend over her body, and she does that thing where she jumps up, and dude rips her arm off, <laughs> and the and the police woman just. 
pops it four or five times in the head with a gun. I mean, it's just like, wow. You know, Scream kind of took that idea, man. <laughs> well, took it, when they took go it in there, too. With it. Yeah. When they when they go in there, uh, the guy David or Michael says something about the computers, and the lady cop is like, "F your computers!" And I'm like, "That's exactly why I got fired from Apple." <laughs> I yelled that and walked out of the Genius Bar. Oh man! And so Catherine's body has had her arm ripped off, burnt all to pieces, been shot in the head. And then when they're walking out, when they think it's all done, she says, "Nice try, Michael." <laughs> <laughs> and then blood spurts out of her head, out of her burnt marshmallow head. The end. <laughs> that wraps it up pretty nicely because you think it's going to be one of those things where it's like she didn't really die, but then it's like she gargles on her own blood at the end or something. <laughs> pretty sure she did. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> how how would you guys uh, how would you upgrade this movie? Oh man, I'd be more consistent with the ghost powers. For sure. Yeah, everything we discussed about that, for sure, yes. It just, you know, to take those question marks out of it. I guess at the time that this came out, it didn't matter because you were high on the, the Freddy, Freddy movies and the Jason movies where pretty much anything was possible. So, hey, I guess it works here, too, but it really doesn't. You know, when you watch it, you're like, yeah. I guess the idea of having the twin and being able to use her brother maybe to do the physical things who knows it's never really explained how who's doing what so but yeah I'd be more consistent with the, the ghost powers that's you Gary uh, yeah, yeah everything you said about you know being more consistent with ghost powers because there's times where you like see her walking through the window like she's Norma like Norman walking like his mother yeah. is she in the in the physical sense could everybody see her walking through the window and you know you, you never can tell really what's going on if it's a ghost that can be a ghost or a ghost that can be physical, there's a lot of unexplained stuff. But then again, this is a time where they made the box art first and then they made the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, you, you laugh, but it's true. I, you know I it's don't true. doubt it one bit. I don't doubt it one yes. bit. Because it's this I mean, is probably one of, those, one of those films where they because the the box art correct grabs you right away because it looks it looks awesome yeah it does like this this is this is a film that I would watch and you know that's how they made it especially you know the the, the Charlie Band Empire days right they made they made the poster first and they made the movie I'm sure this is no exception yep see so if they can get somebody to buy it and then if they get the interest then they'll come up with a story to go with it so yep <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only thing I would add to upgrade this movie is more exploding hands. Yes. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that way too much. But the big one for me, again, is just, you've got Ken Foray in the movie, folks. Do something with him. <laughs> this is the guy yeah. that should be killing the woman at the end, man. It's Ken Foray. <laughs> oh, oh, another way to improve the movie. I, I just noticed that the movie going out right now on mute is that they have, like, you know, I guess they're trying to sell banana hammocks at this health club. Because there's like this stand-up of this this guy, like flexing his muscles like a mannequin, with just like his big old dick hanging out of the, the banana hammock, you know. This is like a pizza accepted on the bottom of it. You're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you need more mannequins like that to make a more massive '80s movie, I guess. <laughs> Good lessons from bad movies. What would what did you guys? Uh, what are some lessons you took away from this? Never underestimate twins. Yeah, you know what? And that is a trap, too, because if they, you're totally right. Because she could have lured Michael in and said, hey, you want my twin to join us? 
And like, hell yeah. And then the, the guy shows up like, I didn't agree to this. No, we're not doing this. <laughs> I didn't realize Max Headroom was your twin. Right. <laughs> yeah, then never be so close to you to, again with the twin. Never be so close to you to your widow's weirdo twin. Because you know, he may or may not want to have sex with you because he feels pretty. I, I don't know, but I feel pretty. I, I think you're going to the gym is overrated. That's this movie completely illustrates that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> perfectly. Just buy your own stuff. Stay at home, folks. Uh, and if you ever get a note to go to the basement, don't go. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's it's a poorly lit basement and yeah. and it's just it looks old and decrepit. And I don't know that many gyms have a massive like boiler room style basement with like a, a grocery store chute. <laughs> One thing that uh, another thing that uh, a lesson that I learned from this movie is you don't give ghosts and demons ultimatums. She's that was the thing that set her off the most in this movie. Right. She even <laughs> she gets up off the floor and points at him. Don't you give me an ultimatum? And I'm like, whoa! <laughs> it's like saying she's like her mom. <laughs> Wow. One more. I mean, this wasn't really a lesson as much as it was. Uh, uh, took me down memory lane was uh, at the end where he uh, yelled, "All right, bitch, I'll see. I'll show you fried chicken." I just remembered again why I got fired from KFC. How <laughs> many jobs you had, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. What in this movie? Uh, did, did you just scratch your head and say, "What were they thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> I just got it wrote down. One thing. It just says the whole concept. <laughs> yeah, the, the I guess squiggly bar uh, weight bars are, are impractical. I don't know, but I, I forgot to mention that one guy who just loved that rowing machine, and he like was talking about Moby Dick or something. And I want to be friends with that guy. You know, <laughs> was that guy supposed to be the comic relief of this movie? Must've I think been. he was. Yeah, must have been because you know they put him on. You know, he's getting on the the dumbbells or whatever the barbell, and you know he can't do the weight, and he's trying to impress a girl. He, that they were trying, man. They were trying really hard. You got to have that guy, you know. Was he wearing a Flintstone shirt too? Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only person that stands out, and he's British too. Randomly, that was just, English threw me off completely. <laughs> but uh, the only thing that I was like, what are they thinking? Is they made this movie so heavy in tone. They could have had way more levity, and I don't mean that guy. I mean just any kind of levity besides him, because they were like, man, this movie was like pretty, pretty heavy in tone. Well, it's they tried to the do content. You know, yeah, I agree because I can't help with with the burning and the coming back as a ghost thing makes me think of the movie Bad Dreams, which is pretty heavy, yeah. pretty heavy as well. But it works there. It doesn't work in this setting for some reason. You know, this this movie could have been more campy than it is and it would have been okay because then you know trying to explain these things happening doesn't really matter so i don't know man this this one it it missed it by just a little bit as far as being what it needed to be one way or the other oh yeah totally when they talk about it on the documentary all the you know actors and people involved they keep talking about how you know is it, it was campy and kind of schlocky and stuff and i'm like that's eh, a little heavier than you guys remember yeah yeah i mean it, it could have been just a little bit more and it probably would have made more sense as far as you going oh okay i get it you know it's supposed to be this kind of goofy thing but i don't know it, it, it's kind of lays right in there it, it's it's just missed it by a little bit either being more serious or being a little more campy one or the other so, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I still enjoy it. I, I 
again, it's still far from you know some of the stuff that you and I have already watched. So uh, it, this is oh, yeah. enjoyable. You can watch this one several times and still enjoy it for sure. The kills keep you in, you know, not, not so much the story, you know. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's definitely what you can tell they were playing off of was showing these, and the kills are pretty decent. They just don't make sense from one to the other, you know? No. <laughs> but, but, but the kills are good. They really are. I mean, I think the effects are not bad at all. It's just uh, trying to fit them into one story that, you know, is this supposed to be the glue is not not gorilla glue. <laughs> but so where would you guys set this on the bus? Or what seat would they take? Uh, Alright, so for Gary, in case he doesn't know, we, we got five seats. The back of the bus is the worst. The front is the best. Me myself, I'm putting it right in the middle, man. I think it's, I think it's enjoyable enough. It's not terrible. It's not one that I'll keep revisiting, but you know, I, I liked it. It's okay, you know. It's right dead center for me. Okay. What about you, Gary? Um, like like Ricky said, because because of the story problems, it's it's right in the middle. That 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 third seat in the middle of the bus, you know. Yay, um, I picked right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you picked right. Yay! Well, I'm 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 sitting this right behind the driver. Wow! Like it's not driving the bus, but it's uh, I mean it's it's not. I mean I would put it right next to middle, but I mean I thought it was a little better than that. I mean just in my personal tastes. It's not shitty at all. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up actually. I'm going to, I'm gonna go a point higher. You know, for all the the melting bodies and yeah, it's it's going to to, to that that. That second seat. Okay. You know, so we got yes. one, two, and three covered. That's good. Yes, indeed. That's good. All right. Well, not one. They're not driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I, know. I think I just mixed, messed my own self up on the writing system. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, folks. We're going to take a little short break and we'll be right back after these promos for some shows that we like. Be back in a second. My name is X. And I'm Chef Al, and we're your hosts on the Kiss the Goat podcast. On our show, we're going to break down some of your favorite devil movies from the past 50 years. We also drink and talk about religion. Which is a terrible idea. That is a great idea. And I'm going to give you some great recipe ideas to go along with the movies that we've been watching. We also answer questions from our listeners on every single episode. And I also frankly discuss my sex life at really inappropriate times. Ah, she does! I do, it's the thing. I tell terrible jokes saying what I'm drunk. And I haven't been paid yet. They said they would pay me, and they, uh... Kiss the Goat! Exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. Uh, seriously, can I get some money? Just do the job, Al. All right, folks, that does it for another episode of Short Bus Cinema. And hey, it has been an absolute blast having our buddy Gary Hill on the bus with us, man. Hey, if you will, take the time to tell all the fine people out there listening of where they can find your shows, man. Well, you can find Cinema Beef Podcast and Two Drink Venom Commentaries. Real simple. Find both on legionpodcast.com with lots of other great shows. Whoop, whoop. And, uh, yeah, whoop, whoop, man. Definitely check them out, man. 
Gary's shows are a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't been on two drink minimums just yet, but uh, <laughs> Cinema Beef is a lot of fun. Uh, I recommend checking it out and getting getting into that. But as far as the commentaries, man, he's covering a lot of ground and a lot of movies, so it's kind of hard to keep up with him. He he cranks them out. So, uh, but it has been awesome having you on the show. We'll have to definitely have you back because you're a connoisseur of badness as well as we are. I know that for a oh, fact. <laughs> I love it, man. I love the bad stuff. You know. Yeah. That's what makes it fun, and, and that's what's been different about this show is, you know, we're celebrating the badness of these things because you can make them fun. Now, there's some that you just can't. <laughs> Battlefield Earth. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we've had we've had, <laughs> we've had had our experiences already. I didn't think we were going to hit it so fast into the show, but, yeah, we, we, hit, we, we hit our Omega turd. <laughs> Omega turd. Pretty early. <laughs> You just got to find your inner Scientologist to, to enjoy Battlefield Earth, and you'll be okay, see? Man, that's a rough one. But, <laughs> hey, if you get a chance, man, I recommend actually checking this movie out. If you're a fan of 80s horror, and you don't mind it being a little bit stupid, like I said, the effects are good in this one. It's a pretty fun movie. You heard, you know, Gary and, and Johnny both rated it a little higher than I did. So, I think this is one that you can share with people and enjoy. I think you'll have a good time watching it. Just... Who cares about you know the the story making any sense? You get to see a fish rip a guy's throat out in a freezer. <laughs> yes, totally, man. That, I mean, there's certain things that make it worth it alone. But that's definitely one of them. Yep, and 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 a lot of boobage. You get a lot of boobage in this movie, and uh, lower parts too. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. That's right. So think about it. Yep, fun for the whole family, <laughs> folks. Yes, oh, indeed. <laughs> well, if there's maybe nothing- for the twin family. <laughs> the twin family. Yeah, they could have left that. I mean, if yeah, just skip through the part where you're just hearing moanings and groanings and seeing silhouettes. You can just pass that all together. So, well, that being said, I guess that's it for this episode, folks. We appreciate you being with us, Gary. Again, appreciate you being with us, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank uh, you, thank you, man. Thanks, dude. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all later. Peace.